0: Hello world! Welcome back to FG Central. Your boy Furious is here and today we're going to be talking about TW Fighter, Taiwan Fighter Major. Now first off I want to start by saying this is usually an interesting point as far as like the Capcom Pro Tour goes. This is a very interesting point in the season for me always. I don't know why or it's just like we're in between EVO And now we're like awaiting Capcom Cup. But at the same time, there's so many qualifiers and ways to earn points and ranking events in between both EVO and Capcom Cup. So a lot of the players still have a lot of opportunities to get on that global leaderboard to enter Capcom Cup in December. With all of the back-to-back ranking events and regional qualifiers and everything like that, it's almost like for the players who like, really need those points, it's like it's really time to grind. So they're all like, okay, time to get it in. But with that being said, let me start off by saying what an amazing top eight. This was such a nail-biting top eight for every single match because even the matches that were 3-0 were intense. It, it was crazy. But nevertheless, let's get right to it. So, we start off the top eight with Sako, well, F A V Sako, versus Itazan, or AKA Itabashi Zangief. So, here we have Abigail versus Manat. Now, I do believe before this, up until this point, Itazan was a little lower in the global rankings so he really really put up a fight to make sure that he gets those points and when you're trying to play catch up up until this point you really don't want to go to top 8 and then go 0-2 in top 8 you wanna make sure that you secure a top spot and at least top 3 for that and Itazan put up one hell of a fight I mean we all know When he made the switch to Abigail, I do believe it was season 3. Because last year, he was still using Zangief. He's been getting it in ever since. And I think, you know, he's a grappler type of player. He plays all the big boys. He plays all the grapplers. He knows how to play them. He knows what ranges to play at. But man, oh man, he was up against the family man himself. Sako Noko. Now, this man hardly needs any introduction. This is Sako, one of the five Japanese fighting game gods. The man who can consistently do combos with one frame links that include dashes and micro dashes. The man who has combos named after him, Sako Noko. I mean, look, just go do it yourself. Go to YouTube. And put in Socko combos. Trust me. You're going to find a plethora of them most likely. And for good reason. Whether it's him doing off one frame links with micro dashes. Or one frame links with dashes. This man is consistent. And boy did it show in this match. Because Itazan played great and he played his heart out. But Socko had it down to a T. It was a 3-0 in Socko's favor. And... He had the ranges. He had the execution, of course, popping off with that V-Trigger 1. And we all know what Sako can do with Manat's V-Trigger 1, man. This dude is ridiculous with those combos. Optimization, out the ass, every single opportunity. And he put the work in and made his way to winner's finals over Itazan, who once again played amazing. Like I said earlier... Even the three O's in this top eight were nail biters because there were so many points where Itazan could have had the round or the game. Either of those rounds or those games could have been Itazan's as well. It's just that Sako was able to clutch them all out or power his way through Abigail. Who, by the way, we all know is still a ridiculous character, especially when you got to fight against him. I don't think anybody enjoys fighting against Abigail. I wonder if Abigail players enjoy fighting against Abigail, you know, like a mirror or something. I'm just curious. Now, next up, we have probably one of my favorite matches of the top eight. Kaba, Rise Kaba versus NL, representing Korea. Kaba, of course, we all know. there with his homies, Mena RD, in Marne, All Team Rise, supporting their boy, and Caba himself representing the Dominican Republic alongside the current Capcom Cup champion, also repping the Dominican Republic, Mena RD. But let's go ahead and talk about NL first because I got a lot to say about the boy Cabba, man, just so much. NL, of course, Infiltration not in attendance, but I'm sure he was supporting his boy NL um, at home or wherever he was. Infiltration also a family man, and NL always puts in work. I mean, there's really not much to say about NL that hasn't already been said. One of the best camis. I mean, some people think he is the best cami, but definitely a contender up there with Kazunoko and Hai. Um, one of the best cam. he's Been putting in work with this character for a while. So it's no surprise that he was in Top 8. But let's talk about the boy Kaba. Listen. We all know that. The players over here from the West. They go over there all the time. To Asia. And they get it in. And we always salute them for the job that they do. But I must say. That. I don't know if any of them have done as well as Rise Kaba. I mean, he got really far. And he played his ass off. I love watching this guy play. A lot of people are wondering if he's the best guy. Like, I'm just wondering or saying to them, has he not proven it? He's taken out Daigo at EVO to get to top eight. For that top 8 placement that he got. And this showing here was no joke. This guy is ridiculous. His execution. Carrying over from Street Fighter 4 to 5. His spacing. His punishes. He knows how to switch up from zoning. To going in like, like that. Like with the snap of a finger. Like he knows just his character in and out. He knows his matchups in and out. He played ridiculous in this top eight. And we're going to get to that in a sec. Because this was 3-1 in Kaba's favor. Making his way to winner's finals. But once again, NL not going down easily. Because at any point, some of those games could have been NL's as well. But Kaba has the Cammy knowledge down. His flash kicks are on point. Whether they're meterless Or EX Flash Kicks, they're on point. I do remember or do recall him using both V Triggers in this top 8. I don't remember if he used V Trigger 1 or 2 going up against NL. But I do know that he knew when to switch it up. When Cammy would get into that range where she's kind of dangerous, he'd back off and go into some zoning. Once he got comfortable and had a good enough life lead and he saw Cammy walking him down, he would make sure he maintained neutral position by switching it up and going in. Now, NL with the proper punishes. NL, it seemed at first he was having a hard time getting in. But when he had meter, NL knows how to use that meter. And he knows, okay, there's a point where I'm going to be able to get in by you doing an EX drill and and he was on point with that. Also V trigger. There were a lot of moments in this match where he would react to a boom by popping V trigger and then using the V triggered drill to get in as well. And the problem though that I personally saw with NL was staying in because Cabo was doing such a good job of getting him out when NL got in it was really difficult for him to capitalize on those moments because Cabo would just get back out and go to zoning or he would be thrown off by the fact that oh now Cabo's not zoning he's going in now he's chasing me down so both of them played exceptionally well, but I love watching Caba play, man. This dude is just ridiculous, and he took that 3-1. Very convincing, but at the same time, very much a nail-body match. By the way, I still got my boy Knuckle-Doo as the best guy, but that might just be my Florida bias talking. But, you know, that's who I got. But if somebody came in up to me and just straight up said, no, Caba is... I mean, how can you argue the dude gets busy? Now, this next match is the perfect example of when I say even the three O's in this top eight were nail biters because this next match was a three O. However, every single game went to the last round. And there was some pretty interesting things that happened as far as clutching things out and things of that nature in this next match. Which would be Shein versus Nemo. Now for me, when you hear these two names, you already know it's going to be a good match. Like how can you not? You literally have two of the guys who are damn near single-handedly responsible for creating some of the sickest fucking mix-ups last season for their respective characters, Yurian and Ibuki. Now we have Nemo. Going with Aegis Reflector V-Trigger 1 for Urian, which is his tried and true, his signature. That's what we know him for. Those crazy, sick, like Aegis Reflector mix-ups. And then we have Sheehan going with that V-Trigger 2, that's pretty much every Ibuki player's V-Trigger of choice now because the bombs they feel like are too weak, and that shuriken just provides some of the sickest 50-50 situations that you can imagine for these players, and boy oh boy, even though she took it 3-0, like, Nemo was on point. When Nemo won, Nemo won those rounds. And all three games went to a last round. But Shein, just the decisions that this guy makes when he's in those clutch situations where he needs a clutch, there was one point where Nemo could have definitely closed it out. And he had the high ages, which is the one that's above you. And Shein does crouching medium. Kick, if I remember correctly, activates V trigger to low profile the ages because it brings back like it moves her hurt box back and then goes into the shuriken combo to close that round out. That was like some of the sickest shit I've ever seen, but also that kind of decision making is what really helped Shein take this 3-0. Granted, the fact that not only did all three games go to last round, but Nemo was on more than one occasion close to taking some of those rounds that she and took. And finally, the last match of this first round here of top eight, we have Echo Fox Tokido versus Mago. My boy Mago, man, like I. I got to talk about Mago for a bit before we get into Tokido because I I don't know how to feel, man. I, I want my boy Mago to do great, but I'm a little worried. So Mago is one of my favorite players. And it's mostly because of his success in season one with Karen. I've always been aware of Margo since Street Fighter 4, but in Street Fighter 5, he really caught my attention because before Punk really blew up in the later part of 2016, during Season 1, Margo was really showcasing a lot of Karin, and I myself do main Karin in that game. And I understand that in Season 2, he started to pick up Rashid as a pocket, and now he plays Kami, but I still liked Margo as a player, even with the character change. And I... Hope he makes it again. I know that he made it to CPT in 2016. I do know that he made it last year as well, if I'm not mistaken. And I want him to make it again. I know it's been like a tough road, but I really want him to do great. He's a great player. I don't know if he switched to Cami because he really likes the character or because of tears, but he does play Cammy very well. And even when he was playing Karen primarily he always had pocket characters and even though I think Rashid was one that he was really considering he did used to play Cammy I would see him playing sometimes online um with Cammy and things of that nature so I do know that he has experience with the character but as far as how it's looking so far we'll talk about that when we talk about the match as for Tokido he actually sitting pretty right now He's actually doing really good on the global leaderboards. Like, basically at this point, any ranking event that Tokido enters, he's primarily just gatekeeping. I mean, he has a shit ton of points. So, you know, I see it as pretty much just gatekeeping at this point. But at the same time, I look at it as... You know, having that security or that insurance of getting more points also won't hurt because you can look at it as gatekeeping, but at the same time, if Tokido were not entering these events with how many there currently are between ranking events and regionals, yeah, somebody could very well knock him off that bunker or that rock, and he could fall to a lot of other players point-wise. So it's kind of gatekeeping, but it's also kind of insurance to guarantee that that spot is secure. Because December is not close, but it's not far, and there it doesn't look like there's a, not a lot of time, but there is, and there's a shit ton of events in between now and Capcom Cup. So, I can understand Tokido wanting to get that insurance on getting more points. As well as keeping other players out in the process. But, I feel that his main goal is to just get the security and the insurance of having those points. But, let's talk about the match. So, this match, 3-1 Tokido. Now, Mago, he made some great decisions. He managed to take a game you know there was one point where clearly he felt that he had the round because tokido activated v trigger and went for something and mago mashed out critical art and the critical art hit and akuma being a low health character everybody was sure that that was gonna kill but it didn't he had a pixel left and with that pixel tokido brought it back and it's like similar things happen a lot of times. But Kami, also a low health character herself. And Tokido's knowledge of this matchup just clearly showed. I mean, him and Mago play each other a lot. Both being a part of Topanga House. And you can tell that they know each other's patterns. But I don't know if it's Tokito's consistency or or what. But he just had the read. EXDPs on point. He missed one, I believe, out of all of the attempts, out of the few attempts, I should say. There was one point where he did a Tiger Knee EX Fireball. And then it was so low to the ground, you would think he wouldn't be able to link the EXDP afterwards. But the way that it juggled. In the corner, he was still able, even that low to the ground, to link the EXDP. And that shit was godlike. And Tokido, another one of the fighting game gods. You know, and it showed in this match. Mago put up a great fight. In my opinion, and I may be wrong, I know it's we're close to the end of the season. He's really good with Kami. But after watching NL play... It does, and other cami players as well, it does seem like he's not as comfortable. It's just, there were certain things Tokido was getting away with that he shouldn't be, and that I feel, um, maybe hypothetically, or or maybe we never know, or maybe we will, but I feel that a higher level cami player, wouldn't have let Tokido get away with those things. They would have knew how to punish and how to deal with it. And as great a player as Mago is, and as much as I want him to do well, he just didn't seem comfortable. And that's an issue, in my opinion. But 7th place finish at an event like this is nothing to look down on. Or nothing to look down upon in my opinion. Mago played great. Still one of my favorite players. But Tokido would take it 3-1. Now this next match was kind of a heartbreaker. Moving on in the losers bracket. We have Shien versus Itazan. Now going into this match. Shein had already stated that he is kind of afraid of... Grappler characters. That he already was a little less confident. Going into this match. Because he felt that. Grappler characters were. A demon of his. However. This would end up being 3-2. But it could have been a 3-0. Had Shein not choked. And I feel like him choking. Was part of. His inability or his his already like lack of confidence. <clears throat> Shein went into this match dominating Edison. Edison was making some good reads, doing damage with Abigail, but Shein was putting the the buttons, the normals. He was putting them D's to that ass, man. Pause. He was really just going in and it was to the point where he had just cuz abigail was a hard character to kill but shein was doing it and it got to the point where he was up 20 and the first round of game 3 he got abigail stunned and he choked on the stun combo. I don't know if the stun combo would have killed but it would have definitely put him in a position to take that round and make this possibly 3-0. I don't know why, I don't. I still can't figure it out, but I wanted Shein to win this. I wanted to see Shein do well. I, I wanted Shein to take this. I was rooting for the dude in this particular matchup. But you can never count Itazan out. And another thing you can never do is give Itazan another chance. Because literally, after that choke, Itazan brought it all the way back, taking it over Sheehan, three, two. It's like, once he got comfortable, it was a wrap. I mean, it it just, Sheehan just couldn't regain that momentum after that choke. Itazan was all over that ass. Like he just wouldn't let up. He was going in, conversions on point, V-trigger, um, unblockable Uh, charge, Um, heavies on point, always big damage. Ibuki definitely nowhere near as much health as Abigail, and Shein would fall to that. He just couldn't regain that momentum. Sad, so sad, a potential 3-0 turned into a 3-2 in Itazan's favor when Shein had it in the bag and Shein would go out fifth place great finish by the way great great finish um, at an event like this where it's a bracket full of killers I mean these guys are all killers man so great finish for Shein, getting some points moving up there in the global leaderboards and I would have liked to see him move on but Itazan definitely deserves it now as for this next match I said earlier that in regards to Mago's cami, I feel like other camis would have made certain decisions or looked more comfortable against Tokido. And I do feel that way, but god damn it if Tokido basically didn't prove me wrong. Because in this next match, it was Echo Fox Tokido up against NL. Another akuma Kami matchup. Now, Tokido already warmed up against this character fighting Mago because Mago does have a pretty good Kami. But he would go on to 3-0 L. Now, as I've stated, and I can't state it enough, every match in this top 8 was a nail biter, even the 3-0s. And this one was no exception. NL was just on point a lot of the time. It's just a matter of being able to close out rounds. Individual rounds is what it came to. I also feel that while NL had some great reads on Tokido, the fact that Tokido had just played this matchup before really came into play. You know, every tournament has like a story behind it even in like the individual brackets and every match after every match, you're gaining that experience even within that individual bracket. And it's those type of things that a lot of players would take for granted. But someone like Tokido, who we know literally takes everything into consideration, definitely does not take that for granted. He had the whiff punishes on point. He always maximizes his damage. And he was just not afraid to keep moving forward. Remember, these are both two low health characters that can really dish out that damage. But with that V-Trigger 1, Akuma does become very scary. And NL did a good job of staying in. But Tokido did a really good job with that optimal damage. And when you're in a burst battle where both characters have low health it does come down to who can really optimize that damage and Tokido did that and NL would go out here with fifth place but a damn good fifth place I mean NL I'm pretty sure is already doing good we're definitely going to talk about points um throughout this and maybe a little later discuss and I'm going to give you guys an update on where the players are currently So, there's that, but I'm pretty sure right now NL is doing good, but got to keep those points, got to keep getting them, got to keep attending events, and Tokido would move on to fight in Losers Semifinals. And now, on to another 3-0, but one hell of a nail-biter match. Winners Finals. Rise Kaba versus FAV Sako. God damn, this match was just sick as fuck. Kaba, I've already talked about. This guy gets it in like pound for pound, blow for blow. However, I'm curious if he has a consistent manot player to train against because On top of him being a damn good player, one of the struggles might have simply been matchup knowledge. But on the other side of that, we know that Sako has uh, plenty of guys to train against, but definitely, definitely his boy Daigo. I believe he actually challenged Daigo to... Uh, you know, I guess prove that he could keep up with him. And, you know, to prove that he's also a beast, just like Daigo the Beast. And he got it in with Daigo. I don't remember the results of that, but I do remember he was on Daigo's stream. And they played a set. And of course, Sako got it in. But even off stream, I'm sure these guys practice a lot. And you can just tell by watching this match Sako was so comfortable. I mean, Kaba has already blown his way through this entire tournament. So for Sako to look that comfortable against someone as good as Kaba, I was like, holy shit, that totally caught me off guard. He was not holding back. He was progressing forward damn near the entire match. Kaba was fighting really hard to keep Manat off of him. And the funny thing about Manat is she can zone. We all know she can play the spacing game, and she pretty much wins against almost everybody. And with Reflect, that's going to make it hard for Gal as well. And in most matchups, you expect Manat to play a slow spacing zoning matchup. But what I'm noticing from both Sako and Infiltration is that sometimes they'll actually go in with Manot. and... That shit can be pretty scary for a couple reasons. One because you're not expecting it, and two because for some odd reason, once this girl is on you, it's actually harder to get her off you than you think. And when Sako in like infiltration, but definitely in this case Sako chooses to do rushdown style manat, it's like, "Yo, what the fuck do I do?" Now this definitely does not mean that Kaba was overwhelmed but you could definitely see that there was some unfamiliarity with Manat um thinking of it I don't think I've ever seen Kaba look overwhelmed against anybody he the dude just plays and plays and just mashes through people and just straight smashes them um but Sako was just too comfortable like even though Kaba held it down in this, and it wasn't a Frio, it was definitely a solid 3-0. It's like, I don't know, man. Sako just looked way too comfortable. That guy knowledge was there in abundance. So, Sako would take it. F.A.V. Sako, the family man, sending Kaba to losers to await the winner of loser semis in loser's finals. Now, losers... Semi-finals. Itazan. A.K.A. Itabashi Zangief. Versus Echo Fox Tokido. Now I don't know. If these two have bumped into each other. I can't recall. But the last time. I remember them bumping into each other. Was Evolution 2017. And actually. Funny enough. It was in the exact same spot in the bracket. It was Loser Semi-finals. Because... Awaiting in Losers Finals was, I believe, Kazunoko, who Punk had sent to Losers. And these two had to play to fight Kazunoko. And Tokido did take that. Now, I would, if I had to bet on it, I'd say they probably ran into each other at least once this year. But I'm sure they've played each other. And just like back then, though, Tokido would take it. I don't remember the exact score back then, but this was 3-2. I mean... He was using Zangief back then. Now he's using Abigail. So, slightly different matchup. A lot of people seem to think, and for good reason, that Abigail is way scarier than Zangief. I definitely agree. So, Tokido had his work cut out. I wanted Itazan to make it. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of Tokido. Um, but, I mean, Tokito's safe and secure with these points. I wanted Itazan to make it because I think it'd be great to see Itazan in Capcom Cup again. But to be honest, at the same time, I have no doubt that the dude's going to make it. I mean, Itazan is another player. While he doesn't have Tokido's consistency, he's still pretty damn consistent. And if he keeps this up, he should definitely have the points by the time Capcom Cup comes along. And then there's always a last chance qualifier, but... You definitely don't want to take that route. You want to be in that top 30. So you could already have your spot pretty much guaranteed. So anyway, on to the match. Like I said, nothing too crazy with this match. It was a solid 3-2. It could have went either way. Itazan, you know, using that crouching short, trying to keep Tokido out. Um, Trying to make it hard for Tokido to take advantage of that uh, standing medium kick because, you know, that button pretty much whiff punishes every goddamn thing. Um, But Tokido played the spacing game well. One of the things that's key in this matchup is doing the thing that a lot of Shoto players do, and that's using the fireballs at that very safe range, right outside of sweep range of your opponent, where when you throw the fireball, it's it's almost like a poke. Is not to zone or it's not even for the properties of the fireball. You're almost using it like a poke. And it definitely helps to space check. And since Akuma has three different fireball types with different properties, four technically including the red fireball, he can really throw you off. And then when you mix up those EX ones properly, you can space check even better because they're faster. And then those EX red fireballs, just the damage and if you can cancel in the V trigger and you can convert, which Tokido did do on a couple of occasions, that's how you're gonna get that nice damage on a character like Abigail, who takes forever a day and a half to kill. And while Itazan had everything on point, if you add up everything that Tokido does with his Akuma, which is literally use every tool that the character has, even ones we don't see that often, and he's also really good at mixing them up. It's no surprise that he would go on to take this and move on to loser's finals. And speaking of loser's finals, now it is time. We have Rise Kaba taking on Echo Fox Tokido, Gaio Akuma. And let me say, Goddamn. See, once again, I'm pretty certain, almost, that Kaba knows a few Akuma players to practice against. But the fact that this was a 3-1 matchup overall, um, this set, it ended up being 3-1, sort of surprised me. You know, I mean, I feel like Kaba can do it at any given day. But one of the advantages I think Tokido might have had is that guile knowledge. Having such a strong guile to train against at your leisure in the form of Daigo, of course, is something that Tokido is not going to take for granted. He's going to know how to get around that zoning, how to utilize his air fireball to try to get in, how to try to Fight the fireball war with Guile, Akuma being one of the few characters that can at least keep up. And then he's gonna once again try to keep Guile at those safe spaces for Akuma, which are like right outside of Guile's sweep range, where he can poke back with his fireball and whiff punish with that standing medium kick if Kaba gets too over aggressive or tries to go in too hard. And then he can convert that pretty easily. It's a pretty easy move to confirm off of. And then that's kind of how you get a 3-1 set against a player as strong as Kaba. I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, Tokido is Tokido. It was constantly said in this top 8 that Tokido is the most consistent Street Fighter V player. And it showed throughout this top eight like tokido's name is synonymous with top eights at this point i mean to be totally honest with you tokido's name is synonymous with top threes and finals it's like finals tokido echo finals tokido (laughs) is what it should be i mean the dude is always in some kind of final so you know he would go on to take this it it was standard akuma Gaio fair um Nothing too crazy here. I mean, besides the set itself, because these are two ridiculous players. But as far as the 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 Yomi of the match, and it was basically Gaio. Like how the meta basically goes with these two: Kaba trying to zone, but then he goes in once he once he feels comfortable. Akuma playing that spacing game, trying to keep Gaio right outside of that range where he can poke back. Finding different ways to get around the uh, booms, to get in and do optimal damage. And that's pretty much it. Tokido would go on to take it 3 1, overrise Kaba, third place finish, but goddamn. I said it earlier. We have a lot of players over here that go over there and they all perform well, but Kaba was the MVP of this tournament. In my opinion. I mean he showed his ass in his tournament. He showed up. Showed out. And I think he got the furthest of any player. That uh, from here. That ever went over there. uh, For any of these events. Third place is nothing. To look down upon. Kaba will be back. And he will be even stronger. Next time. I look forward to seeing that shit. But nonetheless. Strong third place finish, the boy Tokido moves on to grand finals in the loser side to go up against the family man himself, FAV, Sako noko So here we have the run back. Sako, if I'm not mistaken, before top eight, during some of the uh, semis uh, brackets, did send Tokido to losers. And I don't recall that match. I don't think I saw it. But if it looked anything like this. Then god damn it. I can understand how he sent him to losers. And why. This was 3-0. 3-0. Like clean sweep. On Sako's part. Just like in winner's finals. The dude just looked mad comfortable. Like he was. Just walking up. I mean. It, I mean Tokito Is Tokido but you know it's nice to have two of the fighting game gods going up against each other here in this uh grand final but i mean sako just i don't even know what to fucking say he just looked so good like he got i think a couple crush counters if i remember big damage showed off those v trigger one combos i'm still not tired of those manak came out like over a year ago. And we've been seeing those combos for the past year and some time now, and maybe it's because I don't, we don't see that much Manat. At least I don't. So I mean, we have Sako infiltration. I mean, I know Goichi was getting it in with her, but I don't think Goichi has been playing her this season. Um, so we don't have that many Manats uh, representing at high level, or at least to this degree. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I still don't get tired of seeing those V trigger 1 combos they are still just so sick and Sako has so many variants of them that it's like oh which one is he going for the mix up is he going to cross him up this time and you know is he going to reset him and and go for bigger damage what is he going to do and he never disappoints i mean rarely and i mean very rarely once in a blue moon Maybe once in every two blue moons. Who knows? But rarely does he drop one of those, and they just look so good. And there were a couple of those. Tokido, of course, got it in, too. I, I definitely know he took some rounds, but he definitely didn't secure a game. The Family Man, 3-0, Grand Finals. So Tokido, another strong, strong second-place finish. Can't stress that enough. I know a lot of people criticize him for the constant second places. You know, second place at EVO, um, second place at Capcom Cup last year, second place here at this tournament. But the dude is Mr. Consistent. Nobody can match this guy's consistency. So you definitely can't. Look down on these finishes. And it's not like he doesn't have any first place finishes under his belt. He has a couple of those this season as well. So, and I do believe he's on top. We're going to look at the points in a bit uh, of the leaderboards. I mean, he, like I said earlier, was here mostly to gatekeep. And to collect some insurance as well. So congratulations are in order for Sako. I mean... The funny thing is, or the interesting thing is, one of my favorite moments of this entire stream wasn't even a match. After the match was over and he won, you get to see Sako and his wife, Akiki, I believe her name is, and Sako was holding his daughter, and it was just the most beautiful thing. And Z actually interviewed him, and he was talking about how, you know... Being a father does, of course, take away from his practice time. But what he does to compensate is he uses, you know, being a family man and being a father and having to provide and having his wife and daughter there in the crowd as a motivator when he's playing. That is his flame. That's what keeps him burning bright. And that was just so fucking dope. It was a dope interview uh, with him and Z. Uh, You know, after he won and seeing him there with his wife and daughter was fucking amazing. So once again, congrats times a million, times a billion, times a fucking trillion, infinity, goddammit, times whatever, to my boy Sako. He really, really earned this first place and look forward to seeing him later down the line in Capcom Cup. And now, just to update you guys on, like, a few of these CPT standings, our top five players currently are, of course, Echo Fox Tokido is number one. Mr. Consistent, no surprise there. Fujimura, who was on a tear a few months ago, is number two. And because of that slight run he had... Between, I believe it was Stunfest and CEO. I mean, that's why it's no surprise he's number two. Evo Champion Problem X, which I'm pretty sure what is what shot him all the way up. He's number three right now. My favorite player, Infiltration, sponsored by PG, is number four. And uh, Daigo. I mean, I can't really say his sponsor. He has every sponsor in the world. Um, Is number five. So those are your top five players. Um, Tokido was in this top eight that we just discussed. You know, um, who else was here? Was Infiltration? No, Infiltration was not there. But moving on to six, NL. um, UIU's NL. Was there. um He's number 6 right now. And he was in the top 8. Of this tournament. Number 7. Is. Sako. I mean. I don't know if this tournament shot him up to number 7. Or if he was already doing that good before. Then. But. You know. Either way. He deserves to be there. Shein. Number 8. Another player who was also in this top 8. I believe uh, Shien got fifth. So, but, I mean, Shien always doing good, you know, always getting points. Number nine, right now, currently, is Fudo. Another player who, there should be no surprise, he got top eight at EVO. He wasn't in this top eight. I don't remember if he was in attendance or not, but, he wasn't in this top eight, but another player, he was in Evo top eight. Um he got really far, I believe he got third actually at Evo. Um so yeah. Um no no stranger though to being on a big stage, no stranger to Capcom Cup. So Fudo, no surprise there. And number ten, we you know, we talked about him a lot. I think he was MVP of this tournament. He was in this top eight, is Kaba. You know, um, Kaba definitely deserves it. I can't wait to see Kaba at Capcom Cup. I'm pretty sure he's going to keep it up. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, he's going to keep getting those points and make it to Capcom Cup. And right outside of top 10 uh, is Gacha Kun. Um And Gacha Kun. I mean, a lot of people are saying best Rashid right now. He wasn't in this top 8, but another one like Fudo who was in top 8 at EVO. And I'm pretty sure that's where he got most of these points from. And Coon's another one who um, I can almost bet is going to try to keep this up to make it to Capcom Cup. So look forward to seeing that as well. So that about wraps it up, guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope it helped you guys. Um, in some way, shape or form, you know, um, we're going to be doing a lot more of this just for you guys who like hearing the analytics, who want to know more about some of these particular matches and what went on. Um, and just, you know, to keep the community thriving. I mean, I love this community. Remember guys, it's FG Central everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Anchor, anywhere you listen to your podcast, it's FG Central, you know, Thank you for the support that we've been getting so far. It's been wonderful. Um, And I know you guys will continue to support and we'll continue to keep doing these for you guys and for the community as well. And with that, peace world. And I'll see you guys next time.